Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, investments hey, with options hey, and spread hey. trades, near report, news, events, analysis, and research, we put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. Man. And now here are your oh. co-hosts, Andy Peterson. And who's that in the background? Hey, hey uh, that, that hey. must be uh, Darth Vader. Hey, hey, hey. Better than, okay, guys, uh, you listening out there in the studio audience, you're going to have to put up a vote. Which intro do you like better? With Mark yelling out, hey, hey, hey. Or last week's, <laughs> no, when the show started <laughs> off. Uh, abrupt, rather abruptly on us before we were able to, like, uh, you know, get ready. I don't know. Either way, uh, we are always entertaining here and hopefully educating as well. That is our mission and our goal. My name is Andy Peterson. I'm the COO of Trade Caddy, and with me, as always, almost always, is Mark Eli from Chicagoland area, the options trading capital of the world. Is how you doing, Mark? Great, and what a great show we have today. You, Mr. Peterson, picked two fantastic yeah. trades, which we're going to talk about during this show. And, we sure are. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm pumped. I can't I'm wait. I'm pumped. I'm, yeah, I am it was too. so funny. I, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about it, that. We're going to talk about um, – what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> you know, when you make uh, – let's see. How much of a percent ROI did you do in one day? So you – on a on a three dollar trade, you turn it into a fourteen dollar uh, profit. So yeah. if you if you did know. the we, math we did, on we that, just close it out like two seconds ago. I I don't even know what what, what exactly. My mind is still spinning. I'm reeling from this trade. What happened? That that's almost five hundred percent ROI in one day. Yeah, that's 500%. absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. And this was a combination of like trade caddy showing me the trade and then. Mark and I doing a little bit of research and coming to this conclusion that, oh, my gosh, um, this could really, really do well. And it all revolved around earnings. Um, anyway, if you let, let me back up just a little bit and just welcome everybody to the show. This is Power Trader Radio. Um, this is an options that was trading teaser. education show. Say that again. That was our teaser. Make yes, you stick that our, for the oh, 10 oh, minutes yeah, from please. now. We'll be talking about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of just reeling. Uh, just a lot of fun to make that, just a look at what happened there, and and for the markets to react the way that we predicted based on the options trading tools we have, and just a little bit of uh, elbow grease. Uh, the number to reach us nine one four three three eight one seven zero two, or visit us online at tradecaddy.com, or on Facebook or Twitter at tradecaddy. Um, yeah, so we did that phantasmic trade um, all within the last week. I love these trades where you you know you place the trade on the weekend or slightly before, and the trade uh, expires within a week. And we talked about the differences in our appeals, our tastes, and desires when it comes to trading. And like I said, I've got this lack of long-term memory, and so I like to see things happen. And when you can do a, like a trade. Uh, turnaround within a week and um, it's a even if it's like a 10 15 percent ROI in a week you turn around and you do that over and over again if possible uh, what's that ROI in a year it's it's phenomenal but yeah this one was kind oh, of that's a lot. not really a diamond in the rough mark but um, it was 
uh, among the many other things, we'll just, yeah, we'll just go ahead and dig right into that. Um, the trade was on a uh, stock ticker. Why, 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 why is a, <laughs> why, why would you do that one? Why? I know. Why not? When you, when you take a look at their earnings report, this is, and this is another thing. It's, this is why you can trade um, uh, on a downward trending stock and make money. So we, I started out looking at it and thinking, okay, well, why, you know, in the long term, this stock is, uh, I think, uh, going to be bullish. I think it's going to continue to do well. Um, it is a Chinese um, social media stock that uh, just keeps going up and up, uh, even though it has an every earnings report. It seemed to take a little bit of a dip. And so what we did was um, we, we thought, okay, here comes an earnings report. So we're doing a little bit of study, Mark. And, and we took a little bit of uh, time out just to take a look at YY. And um, we were going to do a bull call. And I thought, well, wait a minute. They have another earnings report going out. This thing is going to take a, dr- a drop. And so this major Chinese video-based social network, in fact, had an earnings report. The day after we went ahead and placed this a uh, long put right to buy uh, this stock at, I'm sorry, right to sell this stock. And I think it was $87. And right before the radio show, Mark, you and I took a look at the stock and oh my goodness. So, so the expiration on this trade was two days away, 17th of August. And I took a look at the stock right now. It's at uh, $72. So that is a huge difference in the strike prices, strike price of 87. So I had the right, I have the right to sell it at 87, um, and I can go out and buy it at at 72. So what do we do, Mark? What do we do when we when we realize that? Well, we we immediately closed it at market. We didn't even we didn't even ask for any more. We just took our profit. We were not greedy. We just humbly took our uh, 400 and something percent ROI. And walked away with that trade, but you know, uh, five contracts, or oh, and and you, you put in your pocket fourteen hundred and four, well fourteen dollars and sixty cents per share, and our cost basis, Andy, do I, I got to go back and look at the transaction log. I think it was three thirty. So yeah, if you do the math, we we risk sixteen hundred and fifty dollars to turn around and make uh, you know five times that. So um, that, that was yeah. a phenomenal trade. It really was. And it was kind of almost like we, like I said, we were going to do a straddle. We're like, we know that around earnings events, these things have a tip, typically um, have a, the tendency to go one way or another. And it's, but a day before you usually get this stuff on the internet that says, well, well the speculation is such that we think that this is going to, you know, the earnings report's going to come in a little, um, a little bearish or a little bullish. And so you can take your trade and, and based on that information. And that's exactly what we did. And as it turns out, it was just a, a phenomenal trade. I would not have known about YY. I don't, I don't even know what YY stands for. It's just YY to me. Um, but I would not have known about it um, unless Trade Caddy uh, picked it and said, okay, take a look at this stock. Um, and sure enough, it was it was a big winner. So, um in the evolution of our thinking in there, we, we decided you were originally going to, at one point, like you said, pick it as a directional tr- trade, which is a bull call. And Andy, what is a bull call? I mean, um, why, why would you place that trade? 
Yeah, well, it's a, it's a debit trade, so it's not my favorite um, bull trade. But, you know, you got your long call and your short call. And you didn't give me any homework, Mark, uh, but I have been doing my studying and I've been looking actually at the OCW. Um, yeah, so you you want to... You're, you want to place your trade with the long call slightly below um, the short call. Uh, and the way I like to remember this is, is whenever you have a long, whenever you're bullish on something, your long call is always uh, strike is always lower than your short uh, when it comes to bull calls and bull puts bull put being the uh, credit trade uh, option, which I prefer, especially in high volatility situations. But um, yeah, so that, I think so you're, yeah, you're right on that bull put. That's exactly right on the bull put. But uh-huh. on the bull call, did you say short call? I, I, my phone connection is a little hazy. I think you said short call was below your long call. But no, I think it's no, the other no, way no. around. Yeah, yeah, short calls. Yeah, the short call is above the long call in in the bull okay. call and the bull put. Um, and so yeah, so that, for me that's just an easy way to remember. It doesn't even make really any sense from like a memory base perspective, but that's just how I just know that if I'm going to be bullish, my long call is going to be uh, below my short. And so, and and so yeah, the bull calls, what's that? Your risk is only the debit. That's all. You can't, you can't lose any more in that trade than what right. you just paid for it. Like you said, so uh, your worry, your worry is off the uh, table. You, you don't, you, you don't have to worry about logging in your account and seeing your account at a lower value um, once the trade gets to a point, you're either going to close it or let it self-close. And, right. and like you said, that short call, if the expectation and the market matched each other and mm-hmm. the stock is above that short call, it's going to, and it, expiration occurs, it's going to self-execute. And voila, right. you're going to have put into right. your account. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, if it does if it does turn bearish on us, then we can always adjust to a call calendar. And we've actually done that in the past, um, just to kind of cover some of our losses on that. But yeah, that is great. I mean, then you know your cost base is exactly what you put into the trade. You can't lose any more. Um, it's it's that insurance factor. So you know just how much you're you know the potential is for losing. And then you just have to figure out um, you know what are the chances of losing that amount of money. And, uh, and that that's dependent upon a lot of other factors, which fortunately um, the option chain wizard by TradeCaddy, one of our many tools, calculates all that stuff for you. But I mean, you can use a spreadsheet to do it yourself, or you can even do it in your head once you get accustomed to bull calls. And that's a beautiful thing about option trading is you can change your position anytime. It's, it's like two people go to a baseball game and they sit down at the very first inning and, and the game starts playing and they have a bet and, and person A is betting that they're going to win and person B is betting is going to lose. And then a um, uh, couple innings in, uh, the person A starts worrying about their position and they, what you just said is they make an adjustment to their position and say, Hey, I, I changed my mind. I want to, I want to go the other direction. And, and, and option trading, you can do that with stock trading. You can't, you just, you, you've lost your, your position, but in option trading, what you just described is a beautiful example of what Andy called an adjustment. He, he adjusted his position and he said, and then in that baseball game scenario, go on a couple more innings and finally you're near the end and and you can make that adjustment at one more time or as many mm-hmm. times as you want until the closing date. But what does it cost? So you give up profitability. So in in an option trading, you and what Andy just described as a bull call, 
is a spread trade. So in that right. spread trade, he can only make so much. He he uh, he cannot make. Uh, the sky is not the limit. Where in equity trading or stock trading, you you have you buy a stock and how as high as it goes is how high you can make in money. But on uh, that spread trade that Andy just described, it's it is a uh, a limited profitability. And each time he makes an adjustment, he erodes out of his uh, profit, and he, he takes a little bit less. But the point mm-hmm. is, is he's trying to stop a loss, and mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing of options. Yeah, that really is. I mean, you you know exactly how much. Well, a lot of cases, some cases in options trading, there is unlimited reward depending upon. You know, like if you do a like we were talking about doing a straddle, and if you've got, um, you know, the further out uh, from the strike you go with the stock price when you, when it expires or when you close a trade, you know, you've got that unlimited reward, but you uh, risk with, with regards to risk, you can always make those adjustments, but they're very well defined, particularly with the bull call, you know, exactly how much you put in the trade. And, and like you said, that is the beauty of the, um, uh, you know, of these credit of these um, options of options trading strategies, these spread trades. Um, do you want to chat a little bit about uh, Amazon? I kind of, I'm just really excited about sure. what we did with the OCW. Uh, yeah, two, uh, Amazon has been a uh, a great uh, fan of mine recently because uh, of of just their profitability and yeah. And matter of fact, he hangs up every phone call that we have. It doesn't even matter if it's work related. <laughs> Instead of saying goodbye, he says, "Go Amazon." So I just. <laughs> It's just, I don't know. Yeah, kind of funny. And I think well, it's Amazon working because is, I mean, I mean, since July, maybe August first, where it was at one thousand seven hundred seventy-seven dollars on July thirty-first, and what is it now? One thousand eight hundred eighty-five dollars. I mean, that stock is one thousand nine hundred nineteen. I guess maybe one thousand eight hundred eighty-five right now, but. Yeah, so this thing just keeps going up and up, and I think it's attributed to Mark's uh, cheerleading for it. You know, Amazon is in, on competition with Apple. Apple just recently broke a big benchmark that mm-hmm. it, it, nobody ever thought it was possible for a company to become a trillion-dollar um, market cap of a trillion dollars, and, and yeah. Apple just done that. And close yeah. behind it is, of course, Amazon coming in at, you know, but their shares is $1,885.80 uh, at this moment. Uh, a share, and they're trying to get there too. So, Annie and I, uh, watching this race, we've we've been using our trade caddy engine to go ahead and and place some of these trades based upon that volatility. And like Annie was um, earlier hinting, you you can go ahead and seize a moment in a trade and make a decision, not only on its direction, but also the volatility. And, and what he used in his YY example, you notice what he did is he he went from a spread trade, and we haven't really got finished talking about that YY, where he went ahead yeah. and went with a directional trade, and he bet on a bearish position, and he won. And and a lot of people cannot understand how you can make money on a bearish position. And, and Annie's going to explain mm-hmm. uh, in an upcoming segment um, how that happened. But as it relates to Amazon – uh, the Amazon trade is is got so much swing in it, and when you're talking about a, an eighteen hundred dollar stock, and you have a one percent uh, change in that stock, you're talking thirty dollars or so. You know, it's it's a 
or you, you know, 1.76% was $33.85. So um, the that's a that's a lot of money, and and when you look at it uh, at 1800 versus 1880, 1890, and you decide to to play a, a credit versus debit trade. Those credit trades love volatility, and they're going to give you so much money to take so little risk. And if you if you um, if you do it right, you can you can make a lot of money. And sometimes um, there's a definition that we like to use in trading called Vegas trading. And Vegas trading is when you're getting nearer to gambling. And and then there's educated ga- uh, trading, where Annie and I like to uh, we'll paper trade. Vegas, and will a real trade um, with an educated uh, mind. So um, mm-hmm. uh, Andy w- w- and I did a Vegas trade on Amazon, and we I think it was 1880 is uh, our strike position, and mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, did we did we actually place that trade, Andy, on there? No, it, it actually did not go through. It did not go through. But before we get to the Amazon trade. Let me go ahead and back up. You you mentioned YY again, and you're absolutely right. We we we're all over the board here. But um, before we leave it, you know, um, you mentioned yes, indeed, we did that long. I did that long put, which is a right to sell, and it, my cost base basis, how much I could lose was exactly what I put into that trade. I bought the right to sell the stock at eighty-seven dollars. That's the only cost basis I had. There was no more money that I was going to potentially lose um, than if I were to uh, do anything else. So that was my trade. And then I was, uh, so I know exactly what it is that I could, I could lose. That's what you call a debit trade. So you put your money in up front and then your, uh, your, your goal is for it to go back down. And that way you can go ahead and and make your money on the tail end when you um, close that trade by going out and selling it, making the money that way when you sell it. Uh, So, that was a phenomenal trade indeed. And then you mentioned Amazon and you mentioned Apple and you mentioned the market cap and not, uh, exceeding a, tr- a trillion dollars. And I read a quote on Twitter and that makes a lot of sense. And, and the opinionator was saying it's a lot like that four minute mile barrier <laughs> that uh, once Roger Bannister broke it, uh, the four minute mile, uh, other runners came behind and they thought it was impossible. Roger Bannister breaks it, and then all these other runners come behind and they do the same thing. And so I think this commentator on uh, Apple uh, market cap is correct, and and I think we are going to see some other companies. I don't know if that's what's driving the Amazon stock shooting up like it is. I mean, it's part of it. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So yeah, so that's so so back over to Amazon. Then I, I apologize for interjecting there, but I did want to cover that before we ran out of time. You know, I, if, while you're there on market cap, just kind of defining what what is the definition of market cap, and and there's uh, pretty much it's just simply all the shares out there times the market price of the share. And that's the uh, uh, market cap. And whenever a company issues stock shares, um, they can do that. And uh, I do want to emphasize this is a learning. Moment, and this is, show is dedicated upon teaching those um, about trading. And when a company makes the decision to go public, they can actually identify classes of shares: A shares, B shares, C shares. And the most common share we we call you know 
common shares are the ones the general public purchases. However, uh, Warren Buffett has an example of a company who um, separated the decision of, of a roll of a share between an A share and a B share, or a B share and a C share or whatever, and one has voting rights and the other doesn't. But in this example of Amazon, their shares are common shares, and and they're offering them out to the market. Now, a company, let's say, has made that decision. They issue one million, they authorize one million shares, and then they start selling them. And as, uh, let's say, 10 people get shares and all the others are in treasury, well, the market cap would represent the number of shares that are out there times the uh, the market value. So as, as more and more shares get consumed, you eventually would think that all of the shares that are um, authorized would be sold. And, and whenever there's um, – um, all of them are sold uh, and there's no more in treasury, then, then the market is now competing for those shares. And uh, a buyer A will come up to buyer B and say, I, I can't buy any more from treasury. This, they're not being set by the company itself. It's not an initial offering anymore. It's, it's now uh, a market – uh, value and and how much will you be willing to sell and that's where the market is so we're mm-hmm. actually I, I apologize I really made a very generalized example of that it's not completely accurate but I it is it's close enough for to get you through the show yeah and yeah I um, yeah and Amazon what's great about is now, is, yeah go ahead Am, yeah Amazon's market cap is at 936 billion so <laughs> and you know, you can look this up anywhere, but um, TradeCaddy has its ARI report, Analysis Research Index, and it takes a look at fundamental, technical, and sentimental analysis. And sure enough, underneath fundamental analysis, the very first indicator that TradeCaddy's ARI looks at is market cap. And it tells you, I mean, it is a personal preference, but basically market cap means how much could you buy that company for if the market cap was market capitalization was 10 million you could buy that company for 10 million and sure enough and and i'm, I'm kind of happy that because uh, we never really tested um, a market cap number of over 999 billion dollars but sure enough it did not crash trade caddy it did not crash the internet i'm looking at it right now ari is telling me that the uh, apple market cap is at 1 trillion 13 billion um so yeah that's wow. um one of the many things that uh, TradeCaddy's tools can do for you is analyze the all the fundamentals of the of the uh, of the company you want to trade in. And, um, and the yeah, interesting ahead. thing about the interesting thing about market cap and is eventually you want to know who the census of the buyers that own those shares are. And there's mm-hmm. these uh, this term we call institutions, and institutions represent mutual funds, annuities, and and think tank money people who get paid every single day to analyze the stock market and the sector that that stock is in and, and all the underlying fundamental and technical decisions in that. And then yeah. eventually uh, an investor comes along and that investor says, oh, I'm an independent investor. I'm going to uh, look at how much of this company is actually owned by those institutions. And as a rule of thumb, we like to see that at least 50% of those shares right. held by an institution because if that smart money is investing in it, then maybe you should. But if you get into a point where you see it's less than 
let's say there's 2% of the uh, institutions invested in it, and you're making a decision to get into it, you've got to ask yourself that very important re, uh, question, why? Why are you doing it when smart money is not doing that? So that yeah. that's a decision that Trade Caddy puts into its its analysis, and I'll right. actually give you the, all of that. At, yep. Now here's a, here's a question for you, Mark. That I find very interesting, and of course, this is looking at Ari's uh, technical or fundamental analysis. And you talk about percent held by institutions, and I'm comparing Apple and Amazon, and they both are over 50% held by institutions. Uh, Apple's got 63, and Amazon's got 58%. But the percent held by insiders, which is another <laughs> fundamental indicator, is very interesting uh, when it comes. So we want greater than zero is the is the number that we're looking at here. Um, the thought process is if the employees of the company don't believe in the company, then why should we? Well, Amazon percent held by insiders is 16.25%, which seems pretty healthy to me. And I'm wondering why Amazon or Apple only has 0.06% held by insiders. And I didn't know if that was like a company policy that they couldn't own stock in their own company. I wonder what Walmart would think about that because Walmart, I think is, is they encourage uh, stock ownership of their employees. What, what's your take on that? Oh, that's a good question. And, and the simple answer is just the sheer number of those shares. You, uh, you've got a company where uh, the stock share is $210 versus $1,800. So yeah. there's more shares of, of those uh, Apple shares than there is in, in, order for you to have 1%, let's say less than 1%, what's 1% of a trillion? And, yeah. and you do that versus 16% of a billion. Well, you, you said 930 billion, but that's, that's a good number. And also the second answer is longevity. Apple's been in this for a very long time. They started off in the 70s, and Amazon is here in the 2000s. So you've got you know, three decades preceding that 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 stock has been in it's been uh digested by the market more than amazon has so yeah i'm just throwing uh, walmart out there too, like, just by comparison walmart's market cap's 268 billion percent held by insiders is over 50 percent so that's way over apple and considerably over amazon's percent held by insiders but only 30 percent are held by institutions so i mean i guess i guess that when it comes to that becomes over 81 82 percent almost 82% of uh, stock held by either institutions or insiders. So I guess that would probably be a good fundamental indicator that this is a stock worth looking at too. Just as a gee whiz, uh, you know, uh, we've been um, congratulated on little G perks, uh, Easter eggs that we throw into each show. And I'm going to throw an Easter egg in for Walmart. The One of the board of directors members of uh, Walmart is a very famous person, Hillary Clinton, she was on the board of directors uh, several, um, about a decade ago, maybe a couple decades ago on Walmart. So I think that's an interesting moment to throw in that Easter egg, Hillary yeah. Clinton on that board. But yeah, that's an interesting uh, stat there, Andy. Nice analysis on that on Walmart, 50-something percent held by um, – I know the Waltons, they, um, they really cleave to their um, – uh, owning their uh, their company, right. and I think uh, while you're thinking of it, uh, Elon Musk is doing the same thing. He's trying to pull back um, Tesla and claim ownership of it, and he offered. He's currently in trouble uh, by suggesting that 
he has secured funding to get um, buy back and make a, a Tesla back a private company again. Yeah. So that's an interesting yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun, and uh, it kind of reminds me uh, back to the option chain wizard. Um, and market markets are closing in less than two minutes, and uh, um, a lot of times Mark will give me a call in the middle of the day, and it reminds me of what he did to me with Amazon. Um, so I don't know if you guys, if anybody on this call is, is playing the OCW, is using our option chain wizard, but we are making changes to this thing. And I call it the killer app. It's not really a killer app until somebody else picks it up on it and says, this is the killer app. But I'm calling it the killer app, and it's continuing to just knock my socks off. So Mark and RK, who is our CTO, have been working on this phenomenal new feature, which allows you to recalculate your strike prices. So the option chain wizard um, gives you trades for every direction of every stock. And it's not just bull call and bull put. I mean, if you wanted to get crazy, it straddles, it strangles. It's anything, any trade you want um, out there, and it tells you what the strike prices would be, what the return on investment would be, whether it's a good trade or not. Because, I mean, if, if, if RE and OCW thinks it's going to be a bullish uh, uh, trending stock, it's not going to tell you that there's a good bear, bear call out there. So anyway, I get this, I get, I get a text message followed like immediately by a phone call, and I know something's up. And so Mark's playing around with the OCW. I see this picture of the, a bull put on Amazon and I know it's not the same bull put as um as the one that I was looking at uh with the strikes and I'm looking at he recalculated it. He recalculated the strikes and it was shocking to me the return on investment. I couldn't I I think it was like hundred and eight percent or something like that. We actually didn't get to tr make the trade of the stock because and and I'm listening I was to the stock uh yeah, well, I think, that's I, was what was I think that's what it was. I think you were, <laughs> yeah, it was yes. me. Because we could have done it. I regret we could have it. done it with the strikes at market, but you said, no, let's go $180 or something like that for the strike or dollar eighty, or whatever it was. And I'm like, okay, but man, this looks really good. And then ding, 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 the uh, market's closed for the day and we did not get it. But yeah, I guess that just chalks it up to, you know, just a, a testament to, um, you know, they're kind of being conservative about the trades, but yeah, that was very funny how I received that immediate follow-up phone call and, and an eager, a real eagerness to trade combined with the excitement of the building upon an already great product, the OCW. Um, can you, what, what was your uh, take on that whole exchange, Mark? I, and again, the number one uh, reason why people fail in, in making profit is a one over trade and two they're greedy. So I fell victim to um, number two. I was greedy. Um, number one over trading is is where you go out and you just feel the need to trade. And a lot of times we just don't have to. You just wait for that moment to come by and you just grab it. And every once in a while, fantastic moments come, and uh, those who are watching uh, sees them. And Trade Caddy has a product out there that alerts you to those. And and we, we uh, sometimes you, there's for the person who is a little ADD, uh, it's not coming in frequently enough. So if if you if you're interested in getting uh, 15 trades a day, uh, you, the market may produce that. But in reality, um, you, you that's unrealistic. So, right. uh, and when I say 15 trades a day, I'm talking just clear. It's a 
from a bird's eye view, you can see this is going to this is going to be a good trade, low risk, high profitability, and and, and the, the profitability is only like twenty percent or less in, right. in in that short period of time. But when you right. when I saw an ROI of three hundred, four hundred percent, and I made a decision to go for five hundred percent, I'm really really greedy. So yeah, that, and that was a live trade that's too. What we, we, did. Were, we were really pushing our luck right. there because I thought, man, if this is you know doing this live, we might as well just take what we can get, you know, and not be too greedy. But on the by the on the other t- uh, side of the coin. You're not out of pocket any money by missing a trade. I mean, you might actually lose money if you think about it. If the trade does not go through and it ends up being a great, would have been a great trade. But it's not like you're losing money by holding out. You know what I mean? There's, you're not out of pocket anything. Whereas if you go and buy a stock um, and it goes the opposite direction, then yeah, you could you could be in trouble. So, but by putting your price, uh, setting your price rather than letting the market uh, dictate it that gives you the assurance that you are going to be hitting your expectations as to what your credit or what your debit, your cost or credit basis is going to be. Well, yeah. And Andy, you and I have been at it long enough that we've actually gotten to the point. We, we work really well together and we can, we can actually see uh, trade opportunities and we've done it. And that's what we've in our real trading account. We've gone in and we've been very, um, astute to to using those trade signals and making those trade decisions based upon really sound advice. In an upcoming show, our next show, we're going to talk about AVDL, and we're going to talk about what we did. We're not going to spoil it now. We're not going to leak that information, but make sure to stay tuned next week and listen to our Wheel of Fortune AVDL trade and how we've been doing that. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? You just raised an Excellent point, and I'm thinking maybe we should do uh, a, a special deal. Uh, talking about friends getting together, learning how to trade together, winning and losing together, and that's exactly what we're doing, Mark. And it's great to have the tools, have the training, but it also can be good to have a friend to be trading with. And maybe we should offer some sort of like friend discount, Mark, where you sign up a friend to trade caddy and you get you both get 50% off or something like that. And that way, you know, you can you and your friend out there can log in together to trade caddy, look at the tools together, uh, go through the educational courses with John Lindahl or Scott Islinger together and that way you're growing and learning together um and there's some accountability there you're not going out there and getting too greedy you're going to take your 20 percent and close the trade and you can actually teach one another and mark that's kind of how we go about um doing our trades i mean you are definitely the teacher and i'm the learner and there's benefit to that but there's also benefits to two students getting together i mean think about today was the first day of school for my kids what do they do when they get home? They're on FaceTime uh, working on their homework together. I think the same thing could apply wow. for traders that are learning as well. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Um, I don't. We are we are so out of time again. We're five minutes over. I don't want to keep anybody. But just let me summarize by saying I love the fact that every time we have a podcast, which is once a week, there's like a new feature of Trade Caddy we get to talk about. There's awesome trades that we get to perform and full disclosure. Um, I mean, you know, some of the things that we do aren't perfect and we do not, uh, I mean, gosh, we've actually been pretty successful, but um, not every trade is profitable. I mean, we can't predict right. the future 
And of course, this is for educational purposes only. So don't go run out and, and place a bull put on Amazon um, because we said to. Um, this is just for educational purposes only. And, and the most of our trades, like I said, they're they're done through the paper trade, uh, virtual trading environment, just so that we can figure out is TradeCaddy giving us the right information. So again, I mean, is there, we can talk about Macy's, we can talk about other features of, um, of the, uh, um, of the option chain wizard uh, about our other um, trades that we made, but I think maybe it's a good time to kind of wrap things up. Do you have anything else you want to add, Mark? Uh, no. And make sure Last week, we talked about our upcoming, and Andy also talked about it in this show, features that we're working on at Trade Caddy that we're getting excited to to release. Andy's giving you Easter eggs all along the uh, this radio show. So if you've been listening to this radio show, you know what it's coming up. So when we actually release and roll out that new event, that new feature, you're going to be those who are regular listeners are already going to know what we're talking about. But for those who come back and listen to this archive from remember that we've been telling you this all along Trey Caddy is dedicated to always increasing our portfolio of products. We always go and listen to you, the investors. We listen to your advice and anything that you think that would benefit you as a trader, let us know. And, and we may already have it or we may uh, not have it, and if we don't have it, we'll go ahead. And as programmers, we're excited to accept that challenge and go ahead and program that into a feature that investors can use. Right, and and just you know, we have a longtime fan of Trade Caddy, and he said once we implement the strike price modification in the OCW, and I'll, I'll put a screen print out there on Facebook for you guys. So that's just a plug to follow us on Facebook. He said once you get that, that's it for me. He's like, I'm. This is like the perfect trading tool. And so um, we are in the process of making them streamlining. It's working now, but we're in the process of making it even more streamlined. And uh, we just invite you to check it out. So go ahead and hit us up at tradekay.com. Um, if you want to know more about the OCW or any of our products, you can also follow us on uh, Facebook or on Twitter. This is Power Trader Radio. Got the power. 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 See ya.